our souls look up in a steadfast hope that our wills be lost to time. Touch God now, Lord, your people. Quicken them in their spirit that they may be able to receive your word. That your word might be planted richly within the fertile soils of their heart. I ask you, Lord God, as I submit to you, I move over, Lord, and allow you to inhabit the space. Give it to your people, Lord, using me as a conduit in the manner in which you gave it to me. As the church says, Amen. If my brother was here today, these are the words you hear him say. I'm so glad to be in your service one more time. One more time, Lord, one more time. One more time, Lord, one more I'm so glad to be in your service one more time. Amen, saints. Amen. Amen. Never forget that. We're glad to be in the Lord's service one more time. There are so many people, once again, that will leave. The Lord said, it's appointed unto man once, what, to die. Then after that comes the judgment. My bishop used to say, Deacon Robinson, every year God has his number. Every year. So I'm thankful to be in the house of God one more time. Not that I have the pride of life, but I'm able just to be amongst the saints. It's a hard road. But I can come into the house of God and we can... Forget about everything else. We can pick that back up once we leave the house of God. But right now, we can say, you know what, Lord? Peace. Be still. Peace. Be still, Lord. Be still. It used to be a time when people would just, they wanted to come into the house of God and just wave their hand and sit down. Just for peace. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Today's message. Today's message is supply and demand. Supply and demand. About the start of the 20th century, gasoline engines or engine cars were very fast, reliable, and exciting. They were also stupidly expensive. In 1893, Paul Benz, maybe that's from Mercedes Benz, two guys came together and started the company Mercedes Benz, uh, invented simply the or the simple Victoria car. It had a price tag of about 9,000 euro or 50,000 in today's market, which is about $66,000 uh, US dollars. And this was in or 1893. So pretty expensive during that time frame. Almost fairly expensive now. 
Uh, but hardly anyone could afford to buy the car. He only made about 45 of them in total. During this time period, cars that were made, okay, they, they were stuck with big price tags because it cost so much for them to make. So the consumers just stuck with the horse and buggy. Then a bold American came on the scene, a young engineer, his name was Henry Ford. He decided that things needed to be a little bit different. Henry Ford seeing a need or a demand for the average American to have an affordable car. So he invented or supplied Americans with the Model T. It took about 12 years to get things right. In fact, he made about eight different models as I was going to research. Uh, what was the A, B, C, it's an F, N, R, S, and then a K. And then finally he settled uh, with the winner of the Model T, which uh, was launched in 1908. It was a car that was now affordable. Now the average American could afford to buy something that was needed or in demand, that was in demand. When I was growing up, cars were made out of metal. Now they're made out of what, fiberglass and plastic, you know, cheaper material because of the supply, or I should say the demand for cars now, especially cheaper cars that need to get better gas mileage. It's kind of hard to do that if you've got a car that weighs a couple of tons, you know, moving. Gas is going to, or it's going to uh, drink up or use a lot of fuel to do that. But now with the lighter material, they don't have to worry about that. Look at cell phones and computers. When they first came out, remember the big Motorola, the big brick, was about the size of a sheet of paper, you know, the cell phones then. And the computers were just as bulky, but they were very expensive when they first came out. People couldn't afford to buy it because you know the the demand wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But as that demand grew, now there's they started to make a lot more computers, okay, and a lot more cell phones, cheaper prices to meet the demand of the people. So they started to supply these things. Let us look now at the definition of supply. I'm going to start writing about now. Supply. The act or process of filling a want or need. The quantity or amount needed or available. Supply. Supply is the act or process of filling a want or need. Now the definition is the quantity or amount needed or available. This is supply. Demand to ask or call for with authority. What the definition? To ask or call for with authority. Now let's take a trip to Exodus, the 14th chapter, 10, verse 15. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 through 15. And it reads, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. 
and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, verse 13, Fear ye not, stand still, and what? And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. 14 goes on to say, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Once again, the title of this message is Supply and Demand. Supply and Demand. Let me give you one more before we get into the meat of that. This is Joshua 10, chapter 10, verse 12 and 14. And I can read this, but if you want to table this for later, it's Joshua 10, 12 through 14. And it reads, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Ammonites before the children of Israel. Joshua 10, verse 12 to 14. And he said, In the sight of Israel, we all know this story here, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. Verse 13 reads, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hastened not to go down about the whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord would hearken unto the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Say it. Supply and demand. The Israelites had a what? Demand. And when they had a demand, God did what? So gave them the supply. If you don't put a demand, there can never be a what? Supply. This is the law of what? Supply and demand. The law of supply and demand. God has it. And will give it to you. If you ask for it. If you show the need for it. The requirement for it. The challenge for it. Supply and demand. 
These are universal laws. If you have a need for it, look at this world here. If you have a need for it, someone can make it for you. Someone can get it to you. Don't you think our Heavenly Father sees the exact same thing? Can provide a greater supply for any demand that we put on? Let's look at the New Testament. Matthew 14, 28 and 29. It's Matthew chapter 14, 28 and 29. And it reads, Lord, if it is you, remember this from Peter Paul from the Lord, Matthew 14, 28 and 29. If it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. 29 says what? Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Supply the man. What did he demand of the Lord? Bid me to come, Lord. And what did the Lord say? Huh. His first step was a solid step on water. Supply and demand. You got to put the demand. And the Lord will give the supply. He will give the supply. Look at Matthew 15. Chapter 15. Turn to the right a little bit. Verse 20, uh, 32 and 34. This is when Jesus, what, feeds the 4,000. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. Or they may collapse on the way. 33, his disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? 34 says, How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. 38 finally reads, the number of those that were or that ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. When the Lord gave me that, I was looking throughout all of this. Each and every time his people have had a demand, God has, already, has always met the supply for it. Always. He has never not met the supply for us that have ever had a demand of him. And I don't mean demand as in you're stopping like a child and you better do this. I mean demand as in the synonym, like a need, a requirement or a challenge of God. The Lord's law of supply and demand, there will always be a supply if there is a demand, order, need, a requirement, or a challenge. In the Old Testament, God supplied His Spirit and His power when there was a demand, a need, a requirement, a challenge. After that demand was up, the supply was gone. 
it didn't stay. So God gave it to meet a certain need, and then that was it. Example. Exodus 31, you don't have to go but you can write this down tonight, just to give you some reference here. This is when God had given the skills to the children, a certain people and the children of Israel to make his temple and for the Ark of the Covenant. And it's Exodus 31, verse 1 through 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezael, son of Uriah, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. 31, have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally, as the Lord, appointed Aholiab, son of Ahishamah, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the, gift, uh, the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. Old Testament, God gave it for the demand that was needed, and then that was it. He took back the supply. Look at Saul. Remember him? God gave it to him in 1 Samuel 10 and 10. 1 Samuel 10 and 10. And when they came hither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied amongst them. But now we're going to see when God took it away. In 1 Samuel 16 and 14, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. A distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. So in the Old Testament, God gave it to individuals to meet a specific need. So they had a demand, God gave it to them to meet his need, and then that was it. However, in the New Testament, the Lord has poured out his spirit on all of those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In Acts 1 and 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If there is a demand, there will always be a supply. However, you can stop the supply by not having a demand for it or by not exercising your demand for it. If you have a demand, the Lord will always have a supply for you. Always. Once again, don't take my word for it, saints. Read the word of God and see what any one of his children have ever, ever, ever put a demand to God. And God has not supplied it. 
Before, yes, his spirit was given intermittently to people. But now he's given us the spirit for us to stay, or for it to stay with us forever. It seals us. Now that supply is within us. Now all we have to do is just what? Put the demand. Lord, I need your help. I need for you to come by me, Lord. I'm your child. I know you said that everything wasn't going to be perfect every single day, Lord. But I'm asking you to rebuke the devourer for my sake. You said you would do it. Lord, hold back. Hold back, Father, the angel of death. David said, there's no remembrance of you, Lord, in the grave. I don't have the pride of life, Lord, but there's still some things I have yet to do. How many times did we read? I know twice in the New Testament where that, I think it's Simeon, he, Simon rather, who's an elderly man, he was able to live until he seen the birth of Christ. And he held the child in his hand. God didn't allow him to die. We don't know his whole story. But from gleaming from that, we know that he asked the Lord, allow me to stay alive long enough that I might see the Savior. And God fulfilled that promise. We're not asking for this side of mortality. No. But Lord, I'm asking you, let me finish some of these things, God, that I have in my heart to do for you. What did Hezekiah do? He turned his face to the wall and said, Lord, remember some of the good things I've done in my life. Not today, Lord. And God did what honored his demand. He honored it. Now, I'm not asking to run like a 20-year-old. I got that, Lord. I do. I understand that. But allow me to stand up and walk upright like a man. Give me that, Lord. Being debt-free. Lord, I can't serve you in bondage. Not like this, Lord. Free me from this. I admit, Lord, I'm the one that got myself there. I admit that. But I'm asking you, Lord, to set me free. Set me free. God doesn't want his children to be in bondage to nothing. Not even to him. God doesn't enslave us to make us do his will. It's a choice. I choose to do it. It's a choice. Is every day once again going to be that day? Because I feel it. I understand it. But at some point, you got to dig your heels in and you got to lean into the wind. Some days it's like that. Until the Lord changes the direction of it. And when he does, I put my face in the sun and now the wind's on my back. And I keep going. But yeah, some days you're going to have to lean into the wind. We call that borrowing a praise. I don't have it today, Lord. Today I'm not a hundred. But I'm praising you in spite of. How can a man see to praise God when there's a man running after him with everything he has to kill him for something he didn't do? For years. I've never done anything wrong. I don't even know this guy like this. But Saul was after him. But he learned that's what the, the songs come from. He learned how to borrow a 
praise in spite of. Each and every time he put a demand out there, God honored it because of that. What I'm saying, saying to that I understand it. We get tired of getting beat up. Every day it's the same thing. At some point, you just have to shout, peace. Peace. Get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. And rebuke that devil. Rebuke him. I have the supply. All you have to do now is what? Demand. Demand. What's your need for today? What do you demand the Lord to do for you? What demand have you placed on the Lord? Have you asked him today to come into your heart? Have you said, Lord, I'll make, I've made a mess of my life and I need your help. What demand have you put the Lord or put on the Lord? The spirit of truth, the power of God. Have we not exercised our right for demand to receive the supply. The supply is there. You're just not using it. You can renounce sin, bad habits, even claim calmness in the midst of adversity, in the midst of financial destruction. You can ask for peace. You can ask for protection. You can even ask for salvation. The Lord says in John 10 and 10, I have come that ye might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That says it all. Saints, if I leave nothing else with you, I want to leave with you that the supply is there. We just have to ask for it. A lot of times we don't know how. To my wife and my mother, I would say it here to them. We preach, okay, to the lost. We teach to the saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay? So I don't do the, I'm not preaching now because I know that you're saved and as I look around at the breath of the church this morning, you've all received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So seeing the same ones here. So now I'm teaching to you and I'm not preaching to you. You don't need that. Now we need is an understanding. That's where transformation comes. It's with an understanding. I don't have all knowledge. Paul that wrote most of the New Testament said, we see through a glass dimly. And if anyone says they have arrived, they lie. They actually haven't gotten in the vehicle and started the car we're all still learning. But what I can tell you from an honest heart is some of those things that I have went through. I used to be blind. I was in a mountain of death. I didn't know where my next day was going to come from or what my, the next day will held for me. I had dropped out of school. I didn't have an education. But when the Lord seemed fit to use a woman 
to bring salvation to me, those things changed. I had a demand. I was doing drugs. And I said, Lord, I didn't want to be in the situation in which I was in. So he gave me hope. And when he gave me hope, my life changed. I was blind. I would never forget that. God can do it if you ask. You just have to put the demand out there. Because I know the supply is there. Just like going to a gas station for fuel and I paid you my money. But the pump's not working. You're alive. Yeah, it is. It's going to be working for $20. Right? You're going to give me my $20 worth of gas or whatever you put in there because I gave you the money. Right? Now give me the supply. The Holy Spirit works in the same manner. Use it, saints. Use it. Put it to flight. Put it to flight in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to, you don't have to beg. You don't have to, you know, stretch out. It's there. I'm not saying that God doesn't hear the tears and the cries of his saints. Because heaven quiets itself down when the saints of God, God cry. I believe God tells the saints up there to be quiet. One of our children is crying. One of your brothers and sisters needs your help. God hears the cries of a righteous person. I believe that in my heart. And I talk to the Lord in the same way. I'm your child, Lord. I'm your child. Those people don't care nothing about you. But Lord, I do. Now, Lord, I need you to come see about me. I need you to come see about me. Move, Lord. I'm not asking you to destroy the world, but I'm asking you to correct the situation. If you didn't put this mountain here, Lord, move it. If you didn't put it here, Lord, move the mountain. But Lord, if you put it here, give me the courage and the strength, Lord, to climb up this mountain. Give me the courage and the strength to make it up. If he didn't do it, he will remove it. Amen. <clears throat>